Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. This is odd. (laughs) This is very odd, because I'm supposed to say, hey, Jeej. Hey, Chris. (laughs) It doesn't have the same ring as Hey Producer Ace. <laughs> hey Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is creepy. Um, hey everyone. Uh, we well, I the the collective we of the three <laughs> is still here. It's been a minute. Um, life has just been really busy lately. So thank you for your patience with our inconsistent posting of shows. But, uh, Jeej, essentially, I don't know how to say, well, I'll say it with the words that I know how to say. Jillian has top three moments in her life. As of the last handful of years, I can't speak to like previous years or anything like that, but this is self-proclaimed by herself. Uh, us going to Australia was a highlight of life where a koala superseded us getting married on a on a beach across the world. So, Jeej's top three may or may not be Taylor Swift concert last night in Phoenix, Arizona, where she's driving home from now. Koala marrying me on a beach in Australia. <laughs> I am slowly getting taken down the list. <laughs> so, here we are. Producer Ace coming in. Taking a seat. Uh, I've only been asking him, what, a year, year plus? We should sit down in front of a mic, and here we are. We're doing it. Said that, yeah. We're doing it. it. This is us. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) So I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) It is an awkward moment. Um, So here we are. We it's going to be producer and Ace and I today for a podcast episode. It's gonna be great. I'm well, excited. Well, as, as fun as much fun as I'm having here, I'm excited. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, diving right in, I think it will be unjust and unfair to everyone if we just talk about a topic. Um, I know that one of the most immediate questions that everyone has is, "Is Ace your real name?" Yes. And I will not dox you at all, but Ace is not on a birth certificate. But it is your real name. Like at this point in life, it, it's your it, real name. It really is. Yeah. Like it's it's not my legal name. No, it doesn't exist on paperwork anywhere. <laughs> um. So uh, Ace and I are brothers, if, if you didn't pick up on that at this point. Um, and as brothers, we are distant in age. Um, the children in our family had uh, a decent amount of space between each other so i'm number two of four and ace is number four of four and we're approximately eight ish years apart in age i think some somewhere around that time frame and so this still fits the juxtaposition of old millennial younger millennial here and so we'll dive into that but in short order where in the hell did ace come from (laughs) i i don't even remember to be honest with you i just i remember it was fourth birthday, so I'm in my thirties now. It was my four. I was just turning four years old, and we were moving into 
a temporary yeah. home while yeah. we were building a home. Exactly. And we moved in on my birthday. I remember that. We moved in. On, like, we finished and we're sleeping there for the first time, like, on my birthday. And I don't know where it came from. I was just like, I'm ace now. My, uh, our mother, uh, was, in spite of being in charge of naming us, often made different variations of our name. <laughs> Unless we were in trouble. And then it was full full-on name and you knew that was like the announcement of just trouble when your full name was declared try to hide (laughs) try to to act like maybe you're not home i didn't hear you yelling my exact full name across the house um and so she created nicknames for us uh i believe if the story is correct she was calling you ace and you latched onto that and declared that as your new I now identify as Ace. Uh I won't tell anyone your real name, but you've forever been Ace to me. Like I haven't Yeah. When I introduce you to new people in the rare occasion that we, we go out together and we go meet new people, I have to create a conscious like stream of thought to be like, oh, this is my brother, fill in the blank real name, <laughs> and not Ace. But sometimes you introduce me by my, my real name, and even I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that dude. No, that's not me. <laughs> so, uh, producer Ace, very talented individual, never trained as a producer, actually has many talents that he has to do to support himself in his life really that good, isn't this. I'm really good at reading the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is fun, and I want to spin this off if this goes well today. I think we could have a good time with this. Oh, yeah. Um, we recognize that our audience isn't necessarily... Uh, male <laughs> and we recognize they're all of our friends so this is us filling in for Jeej who definitely props up almost everything that we do uh, here and we miss her we'll definitely get another episode I actually already have the next topic and I'm very excited to talk about that here but I wanted to do a social experiment today with everyone that's listening to the podcast again Ace and I if you saw us in person it's undeniable that we are related to each other. Uh, we sound somewhat similar. We think somewhat similar. Uh, as of living uh, in proximity to each other for years now, we are turning into the same person. It's not even odd or scary anymore. It's almost expected when we say a line. I'm like, oh, you beat me to that line. That's exactly what I was going to say. But what I wanted to do in the social experiment is uh, maybe talk about the juxtaposition of how similar our lives were, but how completely different they were, given the internet, right? And Uh, so being an older millennial myself, uh, and we're going to talk about like more of that like high school period of life uh, for the both of us. And so the internet kind of exposed itself to the masses when I was in high school and it had created a very solid foundation and actually had become a a tool by the time that you had entered Mm -hmm. into that uh, space of time in your life, right? Very much so. And so uh, let's set the... uh, Gosh, I got made fun of for this statement uh, this week. People... uh, Side note. 
all of my friends that maybe listen to this that I work with, which is very few because I haven't necessarily told everyone about it, <laughs> I get really made fun of because of my euphemisms I use at work. And I'm not even talking about the ones I grew up with, like that are relatively work inappropriate. <laughs> I just sit there and be like, oh, I'll use some figurative language to like not have to sit there and do that. So I say, uh, let me set the table for you. I got berated. <laughs> With uh, friendly shame from all of my coworkers this week, because apparently I say that too much. I know exactly what that means. What did they? What, <laughs> what did they propose you say instead? Um, I I got made I got made fun of for uh, saying that uh, we've taken this horse to water <laughs> a bunch. So I came up with a new one that is good, relatively known. Good little deep south there. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not as bad as uh, that's about as dumb as pissing on a flat rock. Like that's what we really grew up with. <laughs> I don't know. I broke out polishing a turd on you this week. <laughs> I knew exactly what that is, right? But yeah, so here we go. Uh, Ace and I grew up. Um, I don't think any of this will dox us. Ace and I grew up in the suburbs of Nashville. That's debatable depending on what size city you grew up in. Some people would say it's the country. We recognize it as the suburbs of a small to medium sized American city. So having grown up in what we recognize as the suburbs of Nashville, uh, we spent the same time in the same house in high school, um, relatively the same-ish community members that were somewhat recognized, um, whether they were in sports. Um, there's just, in a town our size, there, there was just a normal amount of regular people that orbited. You knew them as they kind of came in and out of that social setting, right? There, yeah, there are families with, you know, multiple age, multiple age ranges of kids. So that, mm-hmm. you know, you went to school with one kid from this family and so did I. And so our town had one high school. We didn't have a town big enough for more than one high school was about the size of our town. And a subset of the same teacher population probably was uh, at the high school when I attended and then when you attended. So I just want everyone to like understand uh, there are some variables, but not very many in our uh, same lived experience that wasn't joined, right? That was eight years apart in this experiment. So that, that kind of sets the table. Anything to add there? No, I'm just laughing that you called an experiment because that's that lines it up so well. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think this is going to be really interesting. So, um, our folks were holdouts on the. Do you do you remember this? They're a little bit holdouts on the internet. Excuse me. Yeah, I I, I don't know. They, I remember them not liking um, dial up. I remember them. I was still young, right? So mm-hmm. I remember them not liking dial up. And what was the other one? DSL, I think, was the like. DSL was very like short lived. So for all those who didn't um, grow up with anything but high speed internet, it used to be a lot slower (laughs) and was miserable, but was fascinatingly awesome in that moment of time. And you couldn't make phone calls while you used the internet Mm -mm, because it used the landline uh, functionality, right? And so I just remember him not liking it, and so or, or our father not liking it, and so we didn't get it for a while, right? Um. And so the internet came to our house. That's almost funny to say now when I think about it. Uh, We got the internet at our house right when cable internet 
became available to everyone. And so um, when it comes to consumer internet, my experience was there was dial-up, and you had a modem, and you kind of started it up and walked away, let it do its thing, let it all connect, hope that it landed on the home page and hope that you can navigate to another page within minutes, right? That was that was a dial-up internet. Uh, DSL came along. I know that it was a, a faster version of what dial-up was using a very similar uh, like phone line and technology path. And then uh, cable internet uh, became available. And so that was... That was the product. That was the thing that uh, our parents or or my father uh, basically said that, yeah, this is now something that I can get behind and we can have it up um, installed at the house, which I think up until then, I still knew, I knew friends that did have DSL and I knew people that just didn't have internet at their house still. Did you know anyone that maybe was internet free? By the time you were kind of around that, like, 14 to 18-year-old age? 14 to 18. Um, there were there were a few people I knew that didn't have internet at home, but for the most part, everybody had some access, I think, by then. Right. And so when we'd sit there and think about the internet, like, fanning out across consumer America, and it wasn't just, like... Uh, educations of higher learning, uh, government, or anything like that. Uh, obviously, the internet definitely evolved through that. Before I dive into more, like what was what was your history and experience through those like teenage years of internet? Because I know they were drastically different than mine. What were they like? Um, so it all. From what I can recall, like the it started changing the most in high school because that's when like social media started coming around, right? Because before that, it was it was chat rooms and those were wild, right? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Keep going. But uh, so I'm just thinking like the evolution of what it was to me because it started out as just like text web pages. I remember that like you'd just go and like they were just pictures on a web page with a link that took you to another web page it was just more text and so and then uh i remember just oh i remember as a kid loving like nickelodeon and disney had games on their website oh tell me oh, more tell me man. more and yeah just like were they just like simple like web app super, games yeah and they were all related to like whatever the shows or the movies were because like games still weren't a huge thing yet um in in an online form, right? Yeah. Uh, because there were definitely like CD games. Uh, I definitely show my age when I talk about uh, the memory-based technology that existed before CD-ROM. Uh, That's fair. But I guess I guess what I'm thinking of, like they were just constantly coming. Like it was constantly new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite? Do you remember? What was my or what was a favorite? Um... I loved I loved playing on Cartoon Network's website because they had uh they had like this I don't even know what to call it, like the a bunch of games that all were like interwoven with all the, the cartoons. So like it wasn't any one cartoons game. It was just like you were over here and it was all themed to this one cartoon and then over here it was all themed to this cartoon. I loved that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But outside of like the gaming, you know, eventually like social media came on and that was that was 
crazy to think like how how that changed things and interactions between kids of that age, right? Just were, like were you a MySpacer or did you come into it at the Facebook uh, era? I came in at Zanga. Zanga. Tell everyone. For those who don't remember Zanga or didn't interact with Zanga, can you help everyone understand what that was? So when was Zanga? Zanga was 2003, four, something like that, I think. And it was, wow. It was just, you got a webpage. And it was just a, it was almost like a, a virtual diary or something. Like, I guess it's blogging. So, like, pre-blog? Yeah. It's like I'm trying to draw a comparison. So, I guess something like like blogging. But you could just get on and, you know, it's like, today. And you just write whatever you wanted to write. And it was just, it would just log an entry. And your other Zynga friends could come to your page and see whatever you wrote. And <laughs> What did you write on uh, yours? I was, oh. Uh. <laughs> I never had a Zynga page. Like, I, I missed that era. I don't remember anything specifically, but looking back at that time when I would have been on Zynga, like, just poor little trouble, poor little trouble ace. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm I sorry. Know. No, I am too, man. I get it. I get it. But just like, poor little trouble ace not realizing he's poor little trouble ace. <laughs> <laughs> just bearing your soul to the three people on the internet that pass by. Yeah, it might make me a little sad to go back and read any of that. Yep. Hopefully that's been uh, taken off the internet by now. <laughs> Archived or there's no server yeah. behind it. Yeah, n- none of that would be embarrassing to me. It'd just be like, oh man, I wish I could just go back and just like give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think for me, the, the internet was more uh, like you described it. Like there was a landing page or... You got a domain, but there wasn't a landing page, so there was like the construction site coming soon stuff. Like that was very prevalent. I forgot that was yeah. You just get a we're working on it. Yeah, it's like (laughs) uh, we should have something in this HTML soon, right? Yep, I forgot about that. Yeah, but there was there was there was a ton of that, um, and uh, essentially there was no concept of social media. There was essentially. Search engines with not a lot of indexed content. Like, it was still, like, rowing. What do you got? What was your favorite search engine? So, I I grew up with Yahoo, right? So, because we didn't get into the dial-up age, AOL had kind of run its course a little bit. Like, still existed, but uh, Yahoo was the Yahoo big came, elephant in the room, right? And then all of a sudden, this like Hotmail thing happened. And I was like, "What's Hotmail?" I thought everyone used Yahoo. And this is before Google had really started I, to I ramp, the rise right? Of and so, yeah, Yahoo had like the best functionality. The landing page was great, and Yahoo had chat rooms that let. <laughs> let's be real. I know there are so many concepts of like people. Wanting, needing, however you land on this, I, you know how we are here. It's like choose, choose your, choose your pill, take your pill. Um, we won't judge you for that at all. But the chat, the uninhibited chat rooms on Yahoo Chat <laughs> when I when the internet was first launching was just the wild, wild west of just craziness. 
So you'd go in, they'd have themed chat rooms. Do you remember this at all? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Just be being way too young to be on chat rooms in chat rooms. <laughs> and so they had high-level themed chat rooms to, to garner a community of like-minded people, right? And it was like a soccer chat room or something like that. It, it was the first foray of mass anonymity for people to be who they wanted to be or to like experiment with who they wanted to be you could pick i mean the 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 concept of a username like kind of came from in my experience yahoo chat room right cuz cuz you could be whatever you typed in you didn't have to like present yourself by any legal naming convention right well that's why everybody had like a handle and that was you and so if if you weren't using that handle you were anonymous Exactly, but even your handle was nondescript. Right, everybody just knew like that was the same individual, right? Nobody knew who that individual was. Right, and so you watch this, my experience, you'd watch this social experiment unfold. Now I'm looking at it with my adult eyes, right? Uh, I was a teenager at the time, and it was like this. It's like, what can I do on here? Or what are people doing? There's no, there's no consequence? You can just say this? Oh my, did you see what that person just said? Right? You could just do anything you want. It was this whole new concept of um, unconsequential anonymity that that first started out in like that Yahoo chat era. Mind you, no social media, no concept of like connecting to someone and necessarily being like thrown uh, their Zynga page or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> the information that was. I think that was definitely a function of Facebook who discovered that, right? But just truly wild, wild west of pick your own adventure, say what you want to say, and just kind of like sit there and be like, are there, conse- are there consequences for this? Is something, there's there, no, there's there, no consequence? Yeah, there weren't any consequences. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so like, I were chat rooms a part of, like your experience at all, or did social media really latch in and change that experience? So, um, I got to experience a lot of things that would have been like before me because of just the age range in our family, right? So, yeah. me being the youngest, I think there's 10 years between the oldest. 10 or 11, yeah, something, something like, that. like yeah. that. So, I got to experience a lot of things that most people didn't and so i remember the yahoo like forums where it's just walls of text of people just saying ridiculous stuff (laughs) (laughs) on it was how fast could you type yeah like there weren't even i mean there may have been hotkeys back there i don't think people knew about hotkeys yeah it was was just how fast can you type absurd obnoxious Right, garbage into the yeah <laughs> chat, and you know, in hindsight, it's probably a bunch of just twelve year olds typing <laughs> typing curse words to each other, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I remember the forums and like that that edition of it. I don't know what to call. Um, and then I remember it evolving to Instant Messenger. Do you remember AOL Instant Messenger? Aim conceptually, I do. Um, a lot of my friends and their younger siblings were on the Hotmail version of Instant Messenger. I forget okay. what that, that was, was called. That was brief. Um, 
Well, at least for, for where we were um, in my age group, that was very brief. If you were on that, everybody was like, why? Why aren't you on AOL? <laughs> I forget what it was called, though. Yeah, Instant Messenger changed everything because you could actually go find someone and direct yeah, your direct, comments, direct right? conversation. Uh-huh. Right. And it was, yeah, very targeted. And you could see if they were... That that brought on, you could see if they were online, you could see, like, a status of online, right? All these things. That was, I guess, in again, in hindsight, looks, I guess, the foundation of what, what would have become, like, uh, social media. Yeah, it was just not necessarily, like, platformed and packaged, right? It mm-hmm. was just an avenue of communication only, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think something that's like very different without the advent of social media in my um, lived high school experience was um, everything was still very in person, like disagreements, very in person, uh, the rumor mill, um, the the back channeling, the like conflict, the like face off, all of that stuff was done in an analog world. Like there wasn't much anything digital to that because you couldn't necessarily direct your internet uh, thoughts (laughs) towards anyone particularly. It opened up like just, just your, your words spark, spark a memory. Like it opened up the avenue to just be like, so passive aggressive, (laughs) just so incredibly passive aggressive. Cause you get to MySpace. And I don't know if you remember MySpace, but you could have a top eight. You could have, like, it showed the people, the friends, and you designated these, like, eight people because you only got eight. I had so forgotten about that. And you would just be like, you know what? Got an argument with them. Hmm. Going to move them down. (laughs) Sub eight. Spot like six. (laughs) Spot six. (laughs) So they know that they were moved. Yep. Yep. You leave them up there. Or, like, the ultimate is just like, you're out of the top eight, right? And you don't say anything. You just wait for you wait for somebody to see it, and just like the room, like all the rumor, you know, get to them. And then it's like, oh my god, they took you out of the topic. <laughs> like everything got so passive aggressive when you didn't have to like deal with it and face. It's like the concept of unfriending before that was like a thing. Yeah, exactly. Except you didn't have to do it to anybody's face. You could just be like, you're out now. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> So it was interesting for, for me, and I, you may have heard this story from me, but you may not have like necessarily remembered it. Um, there's always someone who's kept up with technology in high school. There's always that that one kid or group of kids that are far beh- beyond their like expected knowledge for technology. Fair, yeah. Always, right? And I don't know if that's a function of like a parent introducing them to it, them having like latching on and have an interest in all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, but again, the internet in my high school experience was very informational and it was all search engine experience. It wasn't necessarily using a search engine to go find an experience as much, right? Just indexed information. Indexed yeah. info, landing page. Yeah. yeah, things looked like Wikipedia generally as a technology presentation. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember right? all that, yep. There was someone, still unknown to me to this day, that figured out how to do um, 
moderate amount of programming. And so they knew they had taught themselves how to do HTML at the time. And HTML, uh, for those uh, who are unaware of it, it's a programming language that has a visual layer. And that's what the internet kind of still uses today in some aspects of it. Um, it's obviously migrated onto other technology stacks, but that's how you displayed information. They created a website that once everyone heard about it, took off like wildfire in our high school at my time. I won't say the name of it because it'll definitely like give away where we grew up in the high school we went to, but insert a uh, city name. It was uh, our city name, highschooldirt.com. And it was this rudimentary website that you could just put text entries into and it would just log the text entries and you could sit there and go navigate text entries. If that did not scale to an unbelievable, like the adoption rate oh, just probably I, doesn't rival like rival chat GPT, like didn't get a million uh, followers in a week. But the minute people heard about this, it we couldn't get off of it. <laughs> All of the high school people there. Just high school kids logging every rumor they hear. <laughs> every rumor they hear with anonymity. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't log you as a real person. You could def- you could put in whoever or whatever you were. There was so much dirt being just strewn across this website. Which probably didn't have any other like traffic outside of the town we grew up in and the high schoolers that were on it. But what was just absolutely like astonishing to me was no one could do anything about it. It it wasn't enforceable despite how much upheaval it created and how much uh, disdain that adults in the high school community, uh, whether being parents and or teachers, there's nothing you can do. It's the internet. What are you going to do it? Was the, it? it was like the first like light bulb moment for me it's like oh my gosh there's this is inconsequential nowadays obviously you can sit there and see who you can somewhat navigate find out who's the domain owner all of that kind of stuff but in that moment that technology was just too far past everyone and we didn't know how it all worked in that and there was just some awful horrible things (laughs) said about people even though more than likely all of it was true but it just wasn't fair to some folks, and it was really interesting to watch. I can't even imagine what high school would have been like if you didn't even have to know how to program, and there were social media sites to just go do all of that same behavior on, right? Yeah, it. I don't know. Like the the it wasn't. I don't recall, anyways, in my experience. Social media being used to like sling dirt and start rumors so much. Facebook did come around later. Um, I think in, in my high school experience. Uh huh. Um, because I'm trying to remember, like, I can't remember on MySpace. Could people leave you comments on MySpace? I think so. I think you had. But if, like, if you guys don't, I think everyone that listens should have at least a MySpace experience. But for those who don't, it was a widget-based one-page profile 
Oh, and Paige. Tom, Tom was everybody's friend. Tom was the guy who made it. There was a media player that you had to have to play three songs or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I do remember there was some concept of messaging between profiles. Tom, wherever you're at, man. I'm sorry, dude. You no, had the idea. No, no, no. Not, not I'm sorry. Thank you. You didn't turn it into just this machine of money making that everybody else did. You made a you made a platform. Somebody offered you some cash. You took it. And you left. Thank you. Didn't just didn't Justin Timberlake buy like the last chapter of what MySpace was and I it think just it's retired to be about music or something now. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. So like Facebook came around. <laughs> Rewind. Yep. Facebook came around. <laughs> and uh, like that's where I I think of what I used and what I recall being popular. That was the first one where there was like there was like a feed where it where it wasn't just the thing you said and people's comments on it. It was other things that people had said, other posts that people had made. Based on who you followed. Right. Yeah. That like early algorithm, right? So it wasn't just a one to one DM going back and forth it was like I can start seeing mm-hmm. unengaged and what's there, happening it was that early like starting to feed you like related stuff right wow but so even then cause that that could have opened up like the can of worms to just start slinging it right even then I don't recall too much drama like being on the internet because that was still that was still very much the time of like, despite social media coming around and people like embracing the internet more and putting more personal information on the internet, it was still very much like, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Don't tell anybody your name on the internet. Don't share any personal information on the internet, right? And so like, it, I don't know, maybe that's what prevented it, but like people okay. weren't using it to like throw shade that still very much existed, like in the in the hushed rumors of the the, the hallways, halls, right? Okay, interesting. I would have expected it to have navigated to a digital platform, probably it did it not too have, far right? after you. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, in 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 what I remember of it, and uh, I was in a weird time of like every all of the social media was like evolving so fast that I used like what three three or four different social medias in high school. They came and died and were replaced. Wow. Right. And so I see I see how it could have opened up mm-hmm. and probably did in other areas. Like the ability to just like say whatever and what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna fight me in the hallway tomorrow? Yep. But it's already said for the whole world that's logged on the internet what you can do, right? Exactly. I got a couple. I got. I'm gonna pivot. I have a couple of the topics that still like latch on to internet experiences. Uh, Napster or LimeWire. Oh, Napster was awesome, and then you had to pay for it, and I didn't have money because I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so straight to LimeWire, right? Uh, I I got Napster briefly. Okay. Like months of Napster, where it was like, I can just. I could just download this music. I love this music. And I could just have it. This is great. And then I remember like in the news, it was like, you're stealing music. You're stealing from the uh, artists. Oh, just you meta- wouldn't steal a car, would you? <laughs> just Metallica throwing a fit as as multi-multi-millionaires. And I love Metallica. I think that they make great music. Uh, they definitely took 
took time to die on that hill and they were very much trying to protect their royalties and the, the rights saying, around their artistry. So. Absolutely. Rightfully. As an adult, I fully that, agree. As a kid, I was like, yeah, I don't have to go to Best Buy. Right. To go buy this album that has two songs I like on it. These cost a lot of money. And I I can just get the two songs I want. I don't have to get the ten songs. I get the two. Absolutely. But yeah, as as an adult now, it's like, absolutely, please don't download stuff. Like, that's art. People made that. They're trying to make a living off of it, right? Support them. But, uh, yeah, LimeWire. Like, as soon as Napster monetized, like, straight to LimeWire, just downloading all kinds of legal music. (laughs) I remember uh, I had a, a, a good friend, Shane, in high school, and uh, he lived with his mom in an apartment, and we'd go over there. Uh, it was a great, great time, great friend, and he, we would sit there and be like, okay, and it was like almost an experiment of like how many files you could download at once without all the files stopping any file from downloading. But it was like started at the beginning of the day and maybe when you got back from school, you'd have one or two of the four downloading files like finished by the time you were like done with school. Did you ever download movies? No, that we didn't have the bandwidth for that. This was like DSL. That's, that's why I'm asking. Like, that took like weeks. <laughs> this was DSL, right? There was no way we were downloading movies. Yeah, I, I remember... Uh... That, I, I, I'll admit, like, a music, yes. Movies was not something that I ever, like, I didn't want to watch a movie on my, what, like, 10-inch monitor at yeah. home. I wanted to watch it in a theater, so, like... But that was more, like, torrent stuff. That was later, but you could, yeah. you could like, on LimeWire, you could download full movies. But I, I remember just being like, I don't want to watch it on, like, Windows Media Player on my desktop in 2000 or whatever year it was right i'm gonna watch it at theater like i've always been weird about movies though but i get easily distracted when you bring (laughs) us back to the rails chris (laughs) absolutely so like yeah i i think every of the era that uh we lived in the internet the concept of getting files from some repo somewhere for free that were often music themed <laughs> was very much an experience, and then CD writable. Oh my god! Technology came out, and you had to get a computer that could burn a CD. I remember not knowing what burning a CD meant. Oh. People, people like using that term, and I'm like, yeah, totally, yeah, just burning CDs, ripping CDs, you know, <laughs> having no idea what people were talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. I remember, I remember, like the few kids at school would actually go make, like mixes on CDs, and they'd like hand them out or sell them for a couple of bucks, which is incredibly illegal. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, please, don't. I do not, uh, I do not support that at all. And then CD rewritable technology came out, so not only could you write to a CD, you could write over the top of it. Change your lives. Well, it was supposed to be however many times you wanted. Eventually, it just got a little dumber every time you overrode it. And right. Eventually, it was just like too dumb to use it anymore. I just remember this is like this wow, is unbelievable. Man. This is happening. Did you did you have stacks of CD writables? Like just things you're like, I'll I'll have that at some point. Just stuff saved. 
I remember whole games. I remember you could buy at like a Best Buy um, a stack of CD rewritables, just empty CD rewritables, and they came in like a plastic, like circular stack container. Yeah, like a spool. And you would be like, oh man, I'm going to have so much on this. And I never did. But just oh, like you end, you end up with like a stack of CDs where you're like, this is all cool stuff. And then like years later, you're like, why do I have a stack of CDs? <laughs> what was funny is no car at the time could take that audio input. It didn't oh, have that you had technology. To, you had to have the cool little like adapter that was the cassette tape with the wire coming out of it. <laughs> the, the retrofitting of technology like now I'm thinking back is just like blowing my mind and it was so acceptable because it was just like oh my this is happening the convenience was, is happening it was adapting so fast that all people could do was just like figure out how to duct tape it all together so it was like oh CD-ROMs well we can't replace every media player in every car ever how do we figure this out <laughs> they all have a tape deck right <laughs> if, if uh, people recall what cassette tapes were I definitely grew up with cassette tapes um, and so there was this little I'm sure most everyone Everybody had this what experience. Cassette tape is. Get out of here if you don't. But know there was a there was a cassette tape <laughs> that had a wire that ran off of it and connected to what was a Sony had like the corner on the CD listening device the market the CD Walkman and you couldn't go on a bumpy road. Do you yeah, remember this? Skip. Yeah, it would skip. Anti skip was a huge thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now look at us like. I'm on Spotify at the gym just being like, ah, I don't like this song in this playlist. Skip, 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 skip. skip, skip, skip. skip. <laughs> just taking for granted. Taking for granted. You used to have your friend hold the, the, the portable disc player so it wouldn't shake too much. This might not be your lived experience, but definitely was mine. I remember getting a boom box when I was like 12. And if people don't remember what boom boxes were, it was... Uh, Essentially, the bigger version of a of a cassette like, Walkman. You got a boombox, boombox. Well, not like the big like oh, uh, okay boombox, but like a portable boombox. It I, had I a handle it on it, no, and was, it had speakers. I was imagining you just like you know, hip hop era. Oh no, on no, the no. shoulder boombox. I was like, I didn't know you had one of those. That's awesome. <laughs> Definitely would have taken it right, but like more more of the um, portable boombox. Okay, I'm with you now. And it had a dual cassette on it. Hold on, I have to cough. <coughs> dual cassette do you know what the power of the dual cassette could do oh you could record anything absolutely <laughs> and so growing up in Nashville and not necessarily being a country fan one alternative station I was very much an alternative rock kid um, rock alternative rock that was my jam I remember when I figured out that I could hit record after 10 o'clock at night, when the, the ads were definitely like toned down, there was a lot less DJ interaction, and they were just playing songs. I would record a full cassette after 10 o'clock at night, and it would record until there was no tape left in the cassette, so often cut off in the middle of a song or whatever, and you could go put a other cassette in the other side, and you could dub it over to the other cassette and like edit and cut and make sure that you just... like. Got the DJ out of it, got the ads out of it, got the start and stop just right, and then lined up the next song to start and stop right. And only the songs you wanted. Only the songs you wanted, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you would just take that tape, rewind it all back again, start it again the next night, hope to catch a couple more of those songs, you could put them on your, like, 
finish tape that you're making. Wow. Wow, you took me back. Boy, that makes me feel old. <laughs> but yes, I do remember doing that. <laughs> It's like the first like concept of pirating music. Remember doing that with the VHS and just just being like, I could just record a movie that's on TV. So that's when they actually like used to like announce programming, like way back when. And you, I'm not going to assume everyone had these friends, but there was always one friend that was had a family situation where they had shelves. And shelves and shelves of recorded movies from the TV because it was so much cheaper <laughs> than going and buying the VHS at the time, right? And they're all like handwritten labeled, and they're more often like I don't know how much Disney was pirated back in the late 80s, early 90s with VHS because they had deals with major networks to play their movies at like seven o'clock on a, a Friday night or something like that. Um, it's just handwritten Cinderella, handwritten whatever the the thing was. Yeah, wild. And now it's like on the cloud, on demand, and uh, we don't want half of it. <laughs> That's the truth. When when you don't see it, you hang on to it longer. It's very true. Okay, coming back to the internet. Everyone's had to do book reports at some concept of of high school, I assume. Uh, or if it's not book reports, some type of essay, like your ability to ingest information, comprehend it, write words back that essentially regurgitated without plagiarism. It like I, it strikes me as a weird activity now as an adult. Like, yeah, just just make me take a test so you know that I read it and I understood it. Don't make me write it all back to you again. I can't imagine being a teacher like all those people who are teachers. I, I respect you to no end because one you have to work all the hours of the day and then two you have to take it home with you now granted there are a lot of professions that have to do that but i can't imagine reading 10th grade level ability to write an essay and if i can just say on top of like the <laughs> workload you deal with everybody's kids i'm yeah, sorry and the crap that comes <laughs> with it you deal with everybody's like teenage kids i'm so sorry so internet not a prevalent place for me to go and get cited information for for these activities so it's like it was still library for me or or if anyone even remembers what cliff notes are as a concept i remember cliff notes cliff notes were bound books like almost pamphlet level books right and so you didn't have to read the book someone had created summaries republished it Took all the important aspects of that book out, so you only had to read like, I don't know, what, thirty or less pages to comprehend War and Peace you, or something like you, that. Yeah, you could read enough about Romeo and Juliet to pass your like sophomore high school Friday quiz. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a life cheat code. To be like, yeah, I could do a lot less work and perform at a level of if I had done all of the work. Cliff Notes, look it up; it's a real thing, and they were like soft backed staple like they weren't that big there wasn't even like a spine to them necessarily they were they were more like informational pamphlet oh, size they were always as short as possible right exactly yeah. that's what i had i can't imagine what the internet could have done for my like menial tasks of of high schooling the things that you have to go and create or reproduce it it definitely opened up like a 
an amazing amount of information, right? Um, and and the fact that it was just all accessible, like sitting in a chair at my house, because I I remember the the library days, right? Um, and you'd have to go, and they had just like they uh, the only like systemized electronic part was like their catalog. They had gotten it out of like the card. Dewey the Decimal System, right? Dewey Decimal System, and wow. And so you didn't have to go pull the little drawers and pull the card out. You could at least go to a computer and it was, like, indexed. The section. Right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then, like, at, you know, by high school, I remember I remember staying up, like, pulling all-nighters on the internet, writing term papers, just trying to get the the required number of sources like you have to have this many sources and it's like like i wrote you a whole paper with one less of those like than the required source can i go to bed they're just repeating themselves over and over again (laughs) yeah i wrote i wrote uh, one of my term papers was about like viking burials because that was cool okay and so yeah like eventually it's like they did it they did it this way like how much how many more (laughs) everyone confirmed (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like um you know, you could just search. And then, I guess with that came, you had to have the ability to search, right? You had to know, like, how to search. You had to know, like, the words to use to find the information as it was indexed on the internet. Right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was it was amazing, just the availability of information. And then to, to not even realize, like, how, how limited that was, because now it's all on your phone. It's in my pocket. Yeah. That that was kind of like like when I sit there and think of like Cliff Notes to ChatGPT or some of these other amazing AIs that are out there. Um, like Jasper's quite amazing. There's some other ones uh, that they're all just kind of coming out right. But going from someone making a buck to summarize something, staple it together, and put it on a shelf of what I what I think I remember is Walmart. You could buy Cliff Notes at Walmart. Oh, anywhere. Right. Yeah. To now, it's hey, I don't even want to understand this. Can you just type up <laughs> a, a summary with this theme, this tone, and ensure that we get some citations from somewhere? Thanks, Chat GPT. See, that's that's a wild thing that that like uh, I guess the educational system is going to have to take into account now is Chat GPT. Right, and what that is, because like the the rise of internet, I just think about the implications in my time was like plagiarism was a big deal, because now this was all on the internet, and you could just like copy and paste it. <gasps> Hockeys, right? Yeah, and so now like just I don't know a random thought. Now ChatGPT is going to change that even further. I'm so right? far removed from um, formal education and the institutions that run them now, but I believe that there have been prior to the sudden rise of uh, consumable AI, there have been platforms that people can download digital uh, submitted papers to for plagiarism checks and things like that. Right, yeah, that's all existed. and I, I think that's necessary. Yeah, you shouldn't... Nobody should be plagiarizing. You're proving your knowledge, right? The paper, right? Yeah. To... To a degree, right? It's like, how, how many words do I have to change around this idea to make it plagiarism or not plagiarism? We're, we're way off topic. I took us way off topic. Oh, no worries, yeah. man. This is great. This Bring is fun. Back, but yeah, so like, I didn't have the internet to write these, what now I look back, were just daunting. I, I don't enjoy writing. 
uh, as, as just a, an activity at all. Um, I, I prefer talking it out and, and, uh, talking and saying the words and all of that kind of stuff. And so like writing papers to me was just brutal. Always has been, still will be. And if I had the internet, it would have changed that experience so much. <laughs> yeah, it still sucked. I bet. It still sucked. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but, but uh, it sucked at home. Not at the library. <laughs> you weren't you weren't trying to take notes from the book or paying ten cents to ten cents a page on the copier so that you could like go home with the information. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think one other topic that I had in mind was not necessarily the, the internet, but how we access the internet, right? And so most of the hardware was home based um desktop machines for a long time. Um my initial college experience was laptops weren't available for the masses. Laptops were they were expensive. Yeah, it just it just wasn't a thing for an early college student. When I was a freshman, you walked around with your backpack, you had whatever that you needed to be a student, but if you needed to go and like access the internet, there were computer labs on campus. Right, and the computer labs on campus had some printers. You could print some stuff out. You had no clue what the person in front of you had been looking at, and didn't know like what viruses they had downloaded on these public computer lab computers. Your USB right into it. (laughs) Didn't have USB, right? Oh, you wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even have like portable storage uh, at the beginning of it all. It was more just accessing information. That's all it was. Or using disk drives. Were you still using uh, three and a halfs? I don't recall. You would have been at you would have been at, at least at CD Realm at that era. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I remember going and accessing your inter- your email, sending off a couple of emails coming back, that, that type of stuff, right? And towards the end of my college career, uh Dell had figured out how to make laptops I'm sorry. Dell as a company, many other technology companies, but Dell being a major one, uh had figured out how to create laptops that were consumer grade and consumer price that the, uh, people could enter in and purchase those. Yeah, to not nerd out too hard. Like, they really killed it with economies of scale. Absolutely, right? And so, uh, and then you'd occasionally see some people with, like, the early, what wasn't the MacBook, but what we all know now as the MacBook, and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Remember when they made the black one? I don't know why they don't make a black one still. As someone who wants... A color that is just so easy to manufacture. Apple, I know you're not listening to this. Make a black MacBook for me, please. Um, but regardless of that, that changed that changed how everything for me in college because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to go navigate to one of the three computer labs across this entire campus. I can go to this library. There's Wi-Fi. And I can just go open this sucker up, get to my business, close it up, and get on. And it's just like, wow, the convenience of the internet from cliff notes to on-demand information in a period of time that, like, if I were to sit there and think through, that was, like, less than 12 years, probably, was that period of time from... Uh, it was fast. Just paperback, paperback information to open up a piece of hardware at your convenience wherever you're at. Just full access to 
all the information that exists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. And just like downloading stuff to my MP3 player so I can listen to the new so stuff. Here's 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 for that one an extra step for me. So yeah. I I had a laptop as a freshman in college that I bought and just spent way too much money on just stupid stupid bought just just gaming laptop before gaming laptops were a thing essentially. And so I used I. I had like really crappy schedules at first, and I'd have like four hour blocks between classes. Ooh, gross! Yeah. And so I'd just get on my laptop and play World of Warcraft <laughs> outside of my classroom because it's the future, yo. <laughs> go to the couple places on campus to to smoke cigarettes with everyone else who was smoking, <laughs> then go to your computer and play World of Warcraft. Yeah, just chilling, <laughs> chilling for hours waiting for class. <laughs> Man, I packed it in. I didn't ever give myself enough time. I did later. So, like, the first semester or two... Where you just don't know better? It didn't know better, and that's just, like, how it all lined up. But, yeah, after that, it was like, cool, I get there at 8, and I'm there until, like, I'm done with class. I don't eat. <laughs> so, the last thing I wanted to land on... And thanks for doing this. This is... This I've, is a lot I've, of fun. Man. Yeah, I've been, this I've been enjoying fun. this. Uh, last thing I wanted to land on... Like... Best internet outcome for you in your lived experience. Worst internet outcome in your lived experience. Ooh, okay. Best best internet outcome. One, like to one date? and or both, whatever. To date? Yeah, to date, something like that, right? I work remotely. I don't have to leave my house. Ding, 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 ding. Wins, <laughs> wins everything. Thank you, future, for allowing me to not leave my house because that is hard for me to do. <laughs> Worst thing, um, ooh, that's tough. Probably, probably social media in high school. That was tough. That was tough to navigate. Yeah, yeah. That was like on on top of the pressures of high school. Like, social media was still due, and now we were doing it right. Mm-hmm. That was tough. That sucked. I hated high school anyway. It's just, I'm, I'm not social if anybody hasn't picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> so high school was hard anyways. Everybody can can admit to that, right? But yeah, just the added layer of like not it, – it follows you home now, mm-hmm. right? You, you have all of the pressures of high school at high school, and then you have to go navigate like the social aspect of it digitally at home after hours, right? That sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, kids who do that today, I applaud you. Like, I don't know how that would have felt or how that experience would have been. Right? We had to call each other on the phone. Oh, that was a nightmare, too. <laughs> and if, like, their parents picked up, calling them on a landline and somebody else picked up. That's not all the you had. You called. I know, but do you remember just, like, the fear of hearing, like, a parent pick up the phone? Uh, uh, is Chris there? <laughs> I remember getting, so side note to that, you just prompted my memory. Um, our folks, in spite of waiting for technology to become, I guess, uh, to get cable internet, waiting for that level of scale to happen before they decided to enter into that, um, they were very early on the cell phone game. And, uh, if anyone has watched Saved by the Bell and you remember Zach Morris and the enormous what looks like a satellite phone 
that he would pull out from his locker and make a phone call. How rich was he supposed to be? Um, that was a great question. I haven't ever given that any thought. Anyways, all right, giant phones. Yeah, so giant phone, which was essentially a function of the battery because the battery is so big. Um, I remember my mom had an enormous purse so that she could fit that cell phone with the extended antenna. The, the antenna was as long <laughs> as the phone. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a sat phone, right? Yeah. Um, they were very early on the the cell phone uh, game. And you got like uh, 15 minutes of talk time a month. Exactly, right? And so they, I've, I recall from a young age, them upgrading the technology, the phones became smaller, that and that and the other. And then finally, the time had come along when I was like 16-ish. And uh, the circumstances were, whether I liked him or not, that I had to, I don't know how I was allowed to sign up for a phone plan. I still don't remember how that all worked. There definitely had to be a parent signature somewhere. You signed up for one? I had a phone plan. I had a Sprint phone plan, and I had the Nokia brick that you could take the face off and get a different color. Oh, hell yeah. And it had... Yes! It had the worm game on it, and that was it. And it had, like, the Game Boy screen that was just black text with whatever that, like, grayish-brown-green background was. After the nuclear apocalypse happens, all that will exist on this planet is cockroaches. cockroaches and oh, Nokia same person, <laughs> Same person. <laughs> oh... But I got a hundred minutes. Wow! I bought a hundred minutes a month, and I paid for that thing. When did texting come around for you? Uh, texting came around while I was out of the country. Okay. And so that whole that con- lines up. Okay. Yep. So I, I, uh, for those, I went and did uh, some volunteer work for a handful of years out of country, and wasn't necessarily exposed to everything that was happening in and around the U.S. at the time. So I came back to texting, and it blew my mind because I was like. Is is this pagers? No, this isn't pagers. This is you could just type <laughs> you're people. Not, you're not paging eight oh oh eight to your friends. <laughs> but I remember when all my other friends got cell phones too. We we could avoid like long story long. We could avoid the parents. Yeah, we didn't have to call the landline anymore. Yep. And you would and I had a hundred minutes with free nights and free weekends. That's Oh my the, god, I forgot about free that's nights. That's the evolution that had happened, right? So it wasn't the full like bucket of of uh minutes. There was also that. So I remember it to be wait I'm so cheap and I'm still cheap today. I can't <laughs> help it. I am so cheap. But I remember just waiting for seven o'clock to hit. Because that's when free free nights started. For those of you who never had to do that, when, and you start calling people, call all your friends. <laughs> call all your what are you doing tonight? Making plans, <laughs> making all the plans at seven o'clock, right? Yeah. So that's how that all avoided. But yeah, we didn't have we didn't have DMs. We didn't have all that stuff. We had to call each other. I remember text messages were like a new thing when I was in high school. We didn't we didn't have them on our plan. They were like pay a quarter per message type thing on our plan right? oh, so geez. it was uh, you better not <laughs> and so I didn't and and not that I didn't really understand texting yet it was still new but uh our, our other brother whose name I won't say just because I don't have his permission but uh I recall him getting in a lot of trouble because he was he was texting to girls which kudos to him text away mm-hmm. but uh yeah that bill came through <laughs> And that's something you can't walk away from. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Internet. Crazy. 
I'm very I'm happy for the internet. The internet does so much. Uh, I know the internet can be destructive. I'm just happy that I can work from home. I've enjoyed uh, this. Uh, I'm I'm hesitant to say post COVID world, but I feel like I can like say it. This post COVID world where some of these things stuck, and so those uh, of us who are eligible, capable, and have the circumstances to be able to be remote workers or even hybrid workers uh, definitely has changed everything. Or if you're willing to dive face first out of your current career to go chase one that will allow you to do it, you too can work remotely. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what I had today, man. That was fun. I really enjoyed this. We... If everybody else enjoys us, we'll figure out a way to do it. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we'll spin something off, and maybe that will uh, go tackle other topics that aren't necessarily uh, on brand for this particular show. Um, but it's been really fun to actually have producer Ace not giggling in the background. You guys, <laughs> well, you guys got me on that last one. <laughs> Ace doesn't laugh all the time, so it's like it's like my trophy in life when I get him to laugh. But uh, yeah. This is it. This is the, the lived experience through almost the exact same people, eight years removed, and how the internet changed. Basically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> different inputs, different output. <laughs> yeah, so if, if if you all made it this far and haven't absolutely dropped off by now, thank you, first of all. Uh, thank you for coming back and listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. If, if you think Ace and I should actually do another episode... Uh, maybe not necessarily on this particular podcast, maybe on this podcast, drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, if you've made it to this episode, you know where all of our socials are and what our emails are, but just mind the millennial gap on the major socials. Drop us a line. Let us know what's happening there and see if we want to get back together and uh, chat again about something else. So thanks, Producer Ace. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. This was a ton of fun. All right, we're going to do this again somehow some way. All right. Perfect. All right, bye. See you. <laughs>